0: Again, this is that like we got them ends, This is that conclusion. You should bring your friend again. Hi, I'm Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this is another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. Ryan, how are you doing today? I am doing decent. We are podcasting on the weekend because we didn't have time during the week. We got a great subject we're going to cover today that we can both talk about with enthusiasm because we both had to endure it. Talk about some different aspects of it that we're Separately, experts at on our own right, um, but we're going to just delve into like link building, sort of how the process began for us, how it evolved, and then how you can do link building at scale with like software and stuff. Ryan, how did you how did you start your link building journey?
1: Oh, absolutely. So I thought we were going to dive right into the fact of massive link building, but I think I do like a little bit of the preface, a little bit of a history of it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a g- gradually because we both uh, worked on the same. Kind of the same project at the same time. We did um, together. They crossed over.
1: Yeah, um, our roads just, met at a certain time in our careers, <laughs> and that
0: was really, I think, our foray into like um link building the easier way. <laughs> sure. We'll call it easier, right? Um, not the non guest posting type, right? Right. Um, so, why don't you just tell them, like, you know, how we started?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, for anyone that's been listening and is uh. 60 podcasts in might know a little bit of my background how I started humble beginnings working for an agency uh, This agency is it's kind of funny. This agency is actually across the street from my current agency now <laughs> So things Ooh. kind of come full circle. That's how life works. Is right your now. office bigger than theirs? I don't think so, but oh, I also Yeah, uh, I also have a hybrid so I have employees that work uh, elsewhere, true. whereas this uh, Particular agency has everyone in-house in one place, but um, either way I worked in a house, you know started as an intern Like I said, humble beginnings, very, very humble. And uh, I was doing a lot of meta information, doing content. And the first exposure I had to link building was actually doing blog comments. So basically it consisted, and we're talking about crap. How aged are we? Nine years ago, 10 years ago? Yeah.
0: Were you finding like, do follow blog comments? Yes. So there was like
1: a kind of a small criteria. It'd basically be like, Hey, go on and like do a search of blog plus like the industry. And then you go through and see if their blogs were enabled, see if they were allowing blog, uh, blog comments and actually seeing like pretty much how much you had to write or how legitimate the actual contribution had to be for it to get approved. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you see some blogs and it's like great post looking forward to what's next. And it gets approved. You're like, ah, you don't have to really say anything. But then if every blog post is like actually kind of manually approved because people are actually referring to, you know, I like what you said in paragraph three about X, Y, and Z, and then have, a yeah. you, so have to like kind of you had to put it. effort into it. Right. So, you know, that was kind of my first exposure, frankly, of all the forms of links, which is in the hundreds of blog comments. And so I was reading and then I was commenting and I was doing reference links and um, a lot were getting approved and yeah, you, I was making sure that think they were blog
0: comments still work. I think, I, I think a link building tactics.
1: I think it's a part of a mix. I typically don't do it because I think that if you're spreading out things that are worth your time, it's not going to be among the things that are. But as we're going to talk about later, I think that a lot of blog commenting can certainly be yeah. automated. So, I, yeah, actually,
0: I think, that, um, I think that they do work in certain scenarios, uh, which we'll kind of get into. And uh, when you're using a tiered approach, not when they're just pointing directly to like your money site. Sure,
1: right? yeah, and we're talking about Web 2.0s and blog comments but, and all that. Yeah, kind of
0: and so we'll get into all like the good stuff of Web 2.0s and social profiles and how tiering works, um, just so everyone can kind of understand those concepts and like how to, how to build them,
1: right? Blog commenting is pretty much really all I did for about nine months working there. I, I guess we were doing like a little bit of like manual directory submissions, maybe some citations, even though I wasn't really in charge of that, but not really any high level link building because mm-hmm. this was like a very much content is king oriented agency. And when you have an agency that's like content is king, everything else will follow. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to really engage very proactively with link building. So that was the kind of the first stop.
0: Yeah. Interesting. My, my first uh, experience in link building was just straight up finding a uh, guest post opportunities. And I think we were using Raven tools back and, then. To, and that was like, like a decade
1: that. ago too. And you're yeah. posting back then, which is impressive I'd say, because it's not nearly as prevalent back then as it was in the past five years.
0: So, you know, Ryan and I brought this kind of experience um, to the table when we first first met each other. And, you know, really, it works in some industries. It works, doesn't work in others. And there was a period of time where it was kind of devalued altogether. Um, That was about the time that we met each other. And then, you know, we were looking at backlink profiles of different attorney websites. And we, we kept finding these links and we were like, how the hell did this guy get a link on this website, right? Through experimentation and playing around with the URL strings, uh, we found out that like there are some CMSs, so content management systems out there that uh, have exploits where you can put content on them, um, like user-generated content and get links back to your website that are followed. Um, So that was like when we first, the lights kind of came on for us, right? Like, hey, we don't have to go out and spend a bunch of time emailing thousands of people and requesting links. Not that that isn't a strategy you should still use it to some extent, um, but mm-hmm. we kind of figured out some other ways to
1: influence the algorithm. And this is like 10 years ago though. Even like before that, when before we met and uh, I was working with Bill and I was working in house and they actually had a pretty big scope of work going with a legal marketing company. So I was kind of working in tandem with them. You know, I was doing some day to day stuff in house and they were doing a lot yeah. of the supplemental SEO and even then I was talking to like their high-level SEOs. And when I first started doing backlink analysis, using tools back then, what was I using back then? I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but I would work with my SEO rep in quotation marks at the the agency that we were working with. And it was my first exposure to contextual links within blogs, aka PBNs. And I was asking them like, how did these other law firms keep on getting these great contextual links on these websites? And then even like the SEO experts and other quotations, They didn't know know how they they they.
0: worked. They didn't know
1: what they were. That's about eight years ago. And that's when people were using a lot of terms like link wheels. So it's like, oh, if you join our um, agency or network, we're going to put you in our link wheel. You stop working with us. We're going to remove you from our link wheel. And link wheel is pretty similar to what we're talking about now, like linking to other assets that link to other assets. It kind of looks like a wheel with spokes all leading to your main asset, which is your website. We saw that and we we kept finding... Competitors' links
0: that were better than ours, and you know, like Ryan said, a lot of experts didn't really know about them. So-called experts. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the lines between white hat and, and black hat was like much more solid back then. You know, like there were there were people who were just Moz by the book, Google by the book, you know, and then there were the people that were successful. <laughs> they kind of blended <laughs> them both. And then
1: actually ranked <laughs> for things. Yeah, yeah. The, the
0: people that actually ranked websites um, didn't really care about that. Right, they just cared about getting rankings through a combination of watching videos of Alex Becker's SourceWave, which was great back in the day. Oh yeah, you pulled that out. SourceWave impressed. Very yeah, it doesn't it's not around anymore because he just does other stuff. But right, right. Um, that was like one of the first times I was like, oh, this is how you build one of these things. And so you know, we had a foray into building private blogging networks, tracking down domains and stuff like that, uh, which are are pretty timely to make. That uh, it's. I mean, they're more powerful than if you went and got guest posts, but it can be just as timely as like getting guest posts, I would say. And way more expensive.
1: But on the on the flip side, I mean, you completely control it. So if you're using it for other assets, it's already in place. You can control the OBL. You can control like the anchor text. I mean, you have it in your control. That's Yeah, that's like, that, the, the, the good way. part about it is you have
0: 100% control of the content and whatever you want to rank, the keywords you want to rank for. Um, and if they're followed links or not, which is which is why you go through all the trouble to build them, right? Because they are a lot of trouble to make, and we're not going to get into the details of like how to make these and not have a footprint with Google. There's we plenty have of it. articles out there for you to already look up. I mean, and we kind of like
1: you piece together our podcast, and we actually pretty much walk you through the entire process, more or less. Yeah, you know, we the probably talked about whole it at some entire point. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so you know, that's sort of the evolution that we both saw, and now because I I have a little different situation i've i've worked uh, i've worked at in-house at places that are like considerably larger than probably
1: where ryan has worked right Um, oh i mean easily i i mean every single one of them yeah uh, yeah. there's no shame there that's just a different type of business and so when you're trying to do stuff to
0: scale uh becomes like really difficult so either you have a gigantic in-house seo team or you spend a whole bunch of money with an agency that specializes in those kind of things, or you go to the Hoth and you buy a bunch of links from that, but so they're not going to work very well. And it's going to cost you a bunch of money. They're
1: expensive. I was, I was kind of going in there cause they're like, Oh, we're doing a promotion and they're like, Oh, do this. And it's fun when you're sliding things, you're entering numbers and it's projecting, you know, the cost. but man, it's like a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars a link. There's it's yeah. so much cheaper elsewhere. Page one
0: power, I think is an agency that'll just go out and manually earn them for you. The thing that sucks about that is you have to, buy like a block of their time and there's no guarantee to how many links they're going to, they're going to get for you.
1: Right. What do they charge a hundred or more? I or forget more.
0: what it was you had to buy a, a minimum. It was like 110 an hour and you had to buy a minimum of like 10 hours or something like that. It, you might get this like, was like a long time two. ago. It was uh, a really long time ago. And they, they didn't really get very good links. And uh, towards the end of it, they were getting crappier and crappier links. You know, you can, you can go those routes if, if you have the budget and the patience and the time. Uh, if you don't have any of those luxuries, uh, you're going to have to automate the process. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that and one of the tools that you can use. And then Ryan's going to talk a little bit about how to automate it and do it a little more manually. Actually, do you, why don't we start with that one? Because it kind of yeah. leads into like what I'll talk about.
1: Well, sure. I mean, I... I... Basically, like the links that I'm, I'm getting, the way that I'm doing it is I haven't really like done a deep dive into how to automate a lot of this is because um, frankly, I've been able to gather up teams overseas that do kind of monotonous stuff over time and then the cost of them doing it is is just so cost effective that it's like kind of pushed back I guess my incentive to automate yeah. some of it. but you know so think about
0: getting a virtual assistant.
1: Well you know like there's pros and cons to everything. like if I, I know I have a virtual assistant, they can report back, they're going to take feedback, they're going to be able to do things manually, like exactly how I want it. So as an SEO and you're supposed to be you know open-minded about new opportunities, I'm always going to be open to the prospect of what I can automate eventually. but I just know that what I've been doing has been working because I think one thing for us, Paul, is that link building is kind of one of our strong suits. And it's great because a lot of SEOs don't really know how to do link building. And so we've kind of uh, always been like, you know, pretty, pretty proud, I guess, of that aspect, taking the time, you know, really, I mean, I think we've said this in other podcasts, we sat down together with a couple more of our colleagues, and we spent at least a year and a half, pretty much day in, day out learning how to do link building.
0: Yeah, we we pretty much know everything that you can do, how it all works um, at this point.
1: Yeah, I think that we're kind of at a point where if someone has a like a link and it's very unique, we'll, if we don't know what it is, we can probably figure out what it is pretty quickly. There's just not really anything that is a, a stumping us, I guess you can say. But anyway, yeah. that being said, what I do is I more set up the processes that people actually do. It's not something I generally have people do in house with my team um, because it's my numbing. <laughs> but I also am a pretty big proponent of doing it yourself first for at least like a few weeks so you can find the most efficient way to do it, to pass it along to someone else. Um, I think that's like one piece of advice I could give for like doing any processes, especially with link building is no matter how boring it is or how much you want to like tear your hair out or freaking get drunk doing it because it's just like, (laughs) it seems like it sucks. You should just do it yourself because you'll get quicker and quicker and you'll be able to pass along like, you know, shortcuts and how to do things more efficiently Yeah.
0: use that as a rule for this industry in general. Um, you always do
1: it yourself first before you... You need to, Yeah, you need to know how it's done. Even if you
0: hate doing it, understanding the concepts and understanding how to check other people's work and give them feedback is going to be like super important. And st- something like link building is can be extraordinarily detail-oriented. And if a minor detail is messed up, the entire effort that you put into getting the link is completely gone. So, you know, it's something that... Yeah, you know, just just know how to do it. I mean, it just makes you more well more well rounded. Is that a way to say that? Just makes more you well rounded.
1: It makes you more yeah. rotund. You should try and be an expert at every field within SEO. Well, and then There's you can answer opportunities, opportunity. give feedback, and you can explain it better. I mean, you, you should just do anything at least a, a little while, no matter how much it sucks. Yeah. no, you can. I tell totally you
0: that if you're gonna find a a virtual assistant to do something like this, where would you go?
1: Upwork and I are not friends right now. <laughs> oh yeah, what happened? <laughs> I have a lot of contractors going at the same time. Mm -hmm. And evidently uh, one that one of my employees hired like back in the day was doing like 10 hours of work for the past six months and, and was just running up the contract because the contract was technically open and and actually wasn't doing any work. And and then when I went to Upwork and I'm like, oh, wow, you guys, they stole like $1,200 from me. Upwork was like, oh, sorry, we, we don't know. That's like between you guys. And I was like, cool. Like, well, let's do a mediation. They're like, okay, yeah, we can do a mediation with them. And they never responded. And Upwork's like, sorry, they didn't respond. They didn't participate in the mediation there's nothing we can do. So then I have to do, I'm like going back and forth with Amex and all that kind of stuff. It's really, really messy, but Upwork, if I'm going to do this, this is kind of like a sidebar. It's really important. If you do Upwork, always make sure that if you're not working with, like if you're working with someone and you have a contract and it's open and they're technically not working right then, just close it or pause it. Because if they keep it open, they're going to take advantage of it. Just Um, happen to be open. And then they just were recording hours, hours and hours and hours until like it was paused or ended. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's why I always do, I pay one price for a job. And the, yeah, good the, point. the job is done even though the contract's still open and then i I might add to it, but there isn't any like funds going into it.
1: So as much as I talk, like, uh, I have nice things to say about Upwork. I'm pretty much like severing my ties with them and finding another. So to go. do you have a different suggestion to, to finding a virtual assistant then? Go, go overseas, go on their Craigslist, meet them in person, <laughs> grab a couple <laughs> drinks, see how they are. See if you vibe. Oh, is that what you did? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there, if there's alternative Upwork, I mean the thing is, is like yeah, of course you can use Upwork. Just be conscientious of your contracts. I'm bitter and sour about it now. I'm being a Upwork. Not really good advice for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just that. But anyway, yeah, Upwork, I mean, you can pay people as little as 3 $4 an hour. Pretty How did soon. you
0: find your, your, ma- your main one?
1: I mean, shout out to like my dude I've been with for a bit. His team has grown too. Um, I just, yeah. just put it out and it's not like you're necessarily going to interview them and like get anything from the interview because you're talking about someone that's just so different from you. It's not like you're going to like have anything in common or like connect. Yeah, you really just care if they get the work done. Typically, you just, it's so cheap that you hire like two or three people and then Whoever you think is the most reliable and efficient, and the other two, and then you just go with that one. Yeah. Okay. You'll know pretty quickly if they're doing a good job.
0: All right. So that's how you kind of manually set it up. Just know how it's all done. Give really clear directions. Have some really super organized spreadsheets that are uh, yeah, return kind of
1: really, yeah, yeah by yeah. the person that you're hiring out. Um, yeah. One thing I'll say is like they'll they'll do like screen captures. Like if they're working in Upwork, it's going to take a screenshot of their desktop but every five, ten minutes or something, and like. There, it's not even really a good indicator. It's just like, cool. They're doing stuff. It's like, whatever, yeah. but um, i also don't even want to look through that anyways. Yeah. I don't have time to like yeah. go through a bunch of scripts. all right. So if uh,
0: you don't want to go this manual route, which I think you should still try and check out some opportunities with that and you got to do something that's more automated. Uh, there's a ton of tools out there that you can use. I'm going to talk about one. Um, it's pretty good for making a lot of things. Uh, and it's going to be Ranker X. Uh, it's been out there for, for a good bit. They update the tool all the time. But the way that Ranker X works is it has a lot of stuff that's just already built into the platform. Uh, so it, you know, it, it finds websites that it can make profiles for you. It has emails preloaded. So basically you'll, you'll tell it, hey, make a profile on these number of websites and name, you know, name the profile, whatever you want it to be named. And then you can have content buckets. So you're like, oh, publish this content on this website and make sure it has a link for this keyword on it, right? So it's, it's a super fast way to automate the entire process. You got to be kind of careful with all your setting up. There's not a lot of resources out there. There's a couple of YouTube videos. I've actually thought about creating a YouTube video to put it out there. I haven't had the time yet to walk everyone through all that kind of stuff. It's probably going to be about like an hour long video. But you, know, you have to have proxies set up. Otherwise, Google will block your IP address. Uh,
1: How often is it swapping out the proxies?
0: It, it doesn't swap it out until they're blocked. Well, I'm actually most of the time it's like the websites block the email address or like the, the IP address coming to it. Like that happens a lot. And so it just keeps like alternating between proxies. Like usually I buy a batch of like 10 uh, and I haven't had to go through like the batch of 10 that I have.
1: Do you buy the proxies directly through them and the emails or do you have to like go elsewhere? No, I buy the proxies separately. I don't think you can buy proxies through them. So I bought
0: proxies from a separate company. They're very cheap. I think it's like... They're cheap, yeah. $2 a month for like 10 proxies. It's it's almost (laughs) nothing. And then you have to buy Captcha Busters, right? Oh, I love Captcha Busters. Yeah, so you have to have that kind of stuff. It's a separate entity that you have to use. You can upload your own emails if you want. If you're able to get a bunch of Gmail accounts, which you can find a ton of them on Legit for about $50, I think you can buy like 100 of them. <laughs> so you can preload those if you want. They also have pre-created emails. Some of them don't work very well because they're not—they're a little spammy sometimes. And uh, a lot of people are using it through this tool, so like the website's kind of figured out pretty quickly that they should block any like any of this email. You have to worry about that. But if you use Gmails, so you'll never have a problem with it. Um, if you use like Eindex email accounts, you have never problem with it. Oh, yeah. And then you can even set up and connect it to a bunch of other websites and have it and like post all at one time. If you let's say you have a bunch of content, uh, you want to spin it and you want to post it out across a bunch of websites, you can configure it to do that as well. So it's a pretty powerful tool that you can build hundreds and hundreds of links very, very quickly uh, with the exact anchor text and the percentage that you want. And it even has like built in content spinners if you really want to set it up so that it's very very effective uh, you have to attach like different companies accounts like things to it so different services so like the proxy is one of them Uh, there's things that spin and create content for you like content machine is one there's there's a bunch out there but it has like apis with all these things that you can connect it to it and then you want to be able to index the links once they're all built so you need to get like a, a link indexer i use a
1: I think it's, let me see what it's called. You're you're not just indexing it. Are you dripping it too?
0: I use Elite Indexer. Yeah, you you usually like give it a drip rate. So you don't want to like get all these uh, links indexed at one time because it looks like real spammy to Google and then you'll get, they'll devalue them anyways. So you kind of set the drip rate to maybe like three weeks or something like that or two weeks or whatever. And then it just indexes a few at a time.
1: I remember, wasn't there a website we used to do like pingbacks and indexing and like random things on? It was like a uh, service There was
0: a, uh, we used to use an indexer a while back and then
1: it stopped working. Yeah, it stopped working. That was kind yeah. of sad. We were on there like pretty often. I and then
0: good. what we would do <laughs> is uh, we just use this one website that had Google Analytics attached to it. And we would add the links to a page and then we would have Google crawl the links. Oh yeah. I mean, that's like a small extent sometimes,
1: but yeah. not nearly like as full scale.
0: Back when Google plus was a thing, you could like post a plus article with a link that you wanted and it would get indexed in like a couple of
1: minutes. Oh yeah. 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 Like um,
0: piggybacking off of Google's Google power. And honestly that, that still holds true for any Google property. So if you have a site built by Google, like your, your GMB website connected to it is through like the Google's free sites thing. Um, and indexes like immediately and you can add links into it. So
1: that's pretty cool. Yeah. And Google posts, I'm sure does things along those lines as well. Uh, I wonder if, uh, I've never tested that, but I bet it does work for Google Post as well. Yeah. We've, we've been doing Google Post for a lot of people and definitely like putting some links in there. I think that at first we were able to kind of automate it. So we kind of had like a plugin where every single time a blog published, it would automatically post to Google Post. But I think that it, it's disconnected for some reason. And I think that a lot of people have to do it manually. And, uh, please tell me, please write in if that's not the case. Cause I would very much like to automate that portion of Google.
0: Yeah. They're actually, you know, they're letting you do like mass posts right now.
1: What doesn't do mass posts? No,
0: Google's letting you do mass posts. Oh, so you can just post a bunch of crap for GMB. You can do like, you can upload, I don't, it can't, it's not through Google. You got to use like a third party, but they're pretty cheap. And so for me, I like, I have a bunch of locations and I want to be able to like upload oh. a bunch of different Google, my business posts at one time. Sure, And they finally have opened that up because of like the COVID virus
1: stuff. Yeah. And reviews are back in action too. Yeah. It's coming back. Uh, we're, they're reopening. Aren't Mine aren't back yet, but we're reopening, <laughs> We're reopening Google, my business. And then as far as you're doing this automation, of course you want to find all the websites that you can create the profiles on. So how are you getting your, your massive lists? And well, they, uh,
0: come, uh, yeah. they come preloaded into like the machine, uh, into like the software.
1: So, so, so there's only purpose. so
0: many that, you'll be able to use the software to get, right? There's still always going to be some websites that like it just doesn't have the ability to do it with because they're too good of a website. So you're still going to have to, manage to make those, but it does make a large portion of them. And so when we talked about a little bit in this episode earlier about like tiering your links, so there's only so many websites that you want to point the links directly from to your money site, right? There's Those are like trustworthy. Uh, you don't have to worry about like getting anything de-indexed or getting any, any penalties from Google. Now below that is a whole tier, what we call second tier sites and third tier. And those you build links and you point them to like your first tier websites and then point to your money site. Right. So it's like a pyramid. Um, That's kind of the best way to to picture it. And at the top is the site that you care about. That's yours. That's ranking that you make your money on. And then below that is all these other ones that are like directly linking to it. And then there's blog posts, comments, comments, you know, wiki dot articles, like all of these crazy other things that point
1: back to like the main one. Yeah. Think of it. It's like kind of like a, a filter. Think of your main website is like you're the mob boss. And then tier one is like your made men. It's not like, you know, some of the entry level guys can make their way all the way to the mob boss, right? They got to work their way up.
0: Yeah, it's exactly. It's, and so the crappy least valuable ones are at the very bottom, you know, the, the hustlers on the street. Yeah. The, <laughs> and the, then put, uh, the pushers. they're propping up they're propping up
1: the muscle. higher guys.
0: It's a pyramid scheme
1: is what it's we're just saying. A, yeah, it's a pyramid. Well, it def- definitely looks like a pyramid in, in some situations. Yeah. Sometimes it does look like a, a link, mm-hmm. tool, which is still another way you could technically visualize it. But yeah,
0: it all... Feeds the great it. thing about this is when you visualize it this way, the availability of links that can be made by you is astronomical, right? And if they're made correctly, they're going to hold a lot of value to push up your rankings. And you're not ever really going to have to need to do blog, um, outreach like ever again?
1: Well, I mean, it's always been my goal personally, you know, once I started finding out about how it works about seven years ago, my goal was always to take approaches to link building that weren't that involved. Um, I never really wanted to acquire a quality link contingent on the decision of someone else. That's always been like my mentality with link building. Like I want to own the assets. I want to be in control of it. I don't want like some, like a marketing manager or like, a an assistant or someone or webmaster to be in control of like how my link building goes. That's why I don't inherently like outreach.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I, I don't like it cause I don't like to bother people and if and you're it's very bothersome, yes. Yeah. If you're a webmaster, you get tons of emails, right? You, you can see like people trying to leave comments for you. You know how spammy the world is out there and you just don't really want to be bothered by it. Like your you already know what they're doing it for. They're doing it for OCR reasons. And you just don't want to have to deal with it unless like people give you money, right? (laughs) So
1: it's just like, I'm going to give you a gift card or I'm going to like give you a back massage if you put this on your website. One one thing about that too is that outreach has been around for so long. And at this point, if you haven't like seen it, I don't know where you've been living or, or you're under a rock. Like it doesn't even matter what website you have. At some point someone's like, oh, I read your blog and you should put this article on it. So you can definitely do that in a mass approach because you can just use like merge tags. So you could always just be like, you know, I saw you like this website and you just merge it in. You can, you can like send it out to hundreds of people at once with an email platform. Very generic. So if you're out there and you're wondering, does blank uh, link
0: building technique still work? The answer to whatever it is, is yes, it absolutely does. But what matters is how you tier it. Right. Do forum comments still work? It does, but maybe you don't point directly to your money site. Right. Do, like the blog comments still work for sure. But, you know, be careful and, and smart with how you, how you build these things.
1: I think the a blog comment, you can definitely do do your website and it's not something I would really outsource because like, like I was saying earlier, you can't just say great post looking forward to your next one because people are just like, this is crap. All they did is say nothing of substance. And then they, their name is anchor text <laughs> and they want to link it back to their website. Italian you, Viagra pills. <laughs> I will, I will say that. Great job. If you can get someone to do blog commenting, but their blog commenting is like insightful and actually has decent feedback if you have anchor text that they know that you're doing a little bit of seo you may still get approved because you actually commented on something legitimate
0: yeah it's pretty rare though i feel like most people don't even don't even read the comments you know they're just like don't approve them they're just like yeah, I, don't I don't
1: even i don't even want to talk about blog commenting forget that so yeah, yeah the only time i see outreach really working is it's the same thing it's like personalized the only, the only time i've ever even like humored it or even communicated with them afterwards is when they or like, oh, I read your article and blah, blah, blah. And I actually read a couple things. And I was like, eh, it's as if you spent about three to five minutes researching yeah. this and website. And you're like,
0: okay, you put the effort into it. I'll give it to you. <laughs> I'm still not going to do it, but
1: I do appreciate
0: it. So. All right, so I think we covered some good topics in this. If you're jumping into the link building world, if you're going to have some takeaways from it, figure out what, what style works for you in the industry that you're in and where you're going to have the most success. If you're not a very technical technically trained person and like you don't feel confident you'd be able to like set up proxies and like do all that stuff you know maybe just find some other ways to get links until then uh, until, you, until you've learned a little more
1: well what other things can be automated so you're saying like this ranker x had preloaded loaded um, websites yeah. profiles what else, and you're doing also maybe spreading out content to like a network that you have
0: there there's competitors to um, ranker x that you can use that have other websites added into it
1: i'm not going to
0: I'm I'm not get, making any money off any of them, just so
1: everyone knows. Everyone, but, everyone knows that, Paul.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I'm not necessarily going to recommend any of the other ones because that's the one that I like and that I use, you know, but like do some research and check it out there. Like people are building SEO tools all the time like
1: that. Yeah, typically, I mean, it seems like, like we were saying earlier, there's hundreds of forms of links. So automation will cover like a few, I guess, which are definitely helpful and saves a ton of time, but in the whole breadth of like what your link portfolio looks like, there still has to be probably plenty of processes that have to do, uh, be done manually to an extent.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you want to you wanna have a robust backlinking profile. So think about directories that you can get, um, even though they're crappy and they're manual, maybe they don't push a lot of juice, just have it because it gives you varied anchor text and it allows you to have more optimized anchor text at a different point in time that's going to help you because you don't want to be over-optimized right so there's just a lot of stuff like that uh don't turn a link down unless it's from a real spammy website uh like don't necessarily look down your nose at like lower da websites you can still use them trust me
1: i mean it's at the end of the day it's it's kind of a number it's a reference it doesn't mean that it won't have an impact you can't just immediately be like this one's 40 and this one's 30 the 40 is just better and that's the end of the story i mean what what is it contextually how much you know what's its obl
0: yeah there's there's a lot that goes into it that yeah. i mean it's just a reference it gets you metric.
1: kind of roll it gets you kind of rolling into the decision you're going to know that like a a d4 is crap but you can move on yeah but there's other factors once it gets a little bit higher well if you have you know any
0: other questions about this be sure to hit us up we'd be cool with selling you some links <laughs> 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 probably no we we um, can kind of walk you through this we love answering questions about this kind of stuff and actually part of this question came from a listener that, that sent this in that I wanted to answer it's just sort of like the the links like that still work and they, they definitely do it just takes longer for organic and local SEO like in the serps uh, they take a short amount of time for stuff in the maps it takes like longer than it used to so around around four to five months now to see like some su- substantial like movement that sticks so
1: Oh wow! Is that how long it's been? Are, are you doing a lot of links uh, directly to Maps and like uh, the Google? Um, like there's some things for? in
0: there. I don't want to necessarily like get that detailed in this. I don't want to give away all my secrets.
1: You know, I thought that's what we we're all about. That's what sets us apart, Paul. So we oh, do. Yeah, I gotta compete.
0: Secrets. And that's also a subject we can cover in like a different episode. Okay, that'd be pretty good. That's fair. Like what to link to for local SEO versus organic?
1: Yeah, it is quite different.
0: We can so, definitely yeah. get into that at some point. Yeah. But anyways, uh, you know, we want to thank all of you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. We had a pretty big milestone. We had a, a large download number that like the other day, I still have to send some champagne to my friend Ryan here. Because, Not going to disclose it. Yeah. I'll send my own bottle. Yeah. For yeah Cause
1: uh, you know, we've been at it for a little over two years now, right? I think, I think it's yeah. like almost two years. Like right now, I think one of our first podcasts was roughly around May. of. I think it was in April. It was the end of April, two well, years ago. Well, don't forget uh, episode one has never been released because it's maybe someday we will. So <laughs> mind blowing. I don't know where it is. It's probably gone.
0: I have it. I still have it. But uh, yeah, you know, thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions for Ryan or I, you can hit us up at uh, seo is dead and otherwise at gmail.com or you can leave you know a comment on our uh, YouTube channel. We usually respond pretty quickly to that. Or you can leave us a, a message on Facebook. You know, we love hearing from you guys, and uh, we'd love to have some of you guys on as well. I think we had a few guests uh, lined up in the future to come on too yeah. so be some interesting topics up coming up and be sure to like share and subscribe anywhere that you're listening to us we really appreciate the likes uh, all the positivity from that you know just go right in there to the Apple podcast app and give us a nice little thumbs up if, if you want to if you don't want to just don't give us a review
1: then I guess I, I don't know or just stop listening <laughs>
0: stop listening I don't know yeah but we, we really appreciate all that uh, from you guys and we appreciate all our listeners
1: yeah, absolutely do.
0: All right. Well, I'm
1: Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein.
0: And this has been another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies.
1: Goodbye. Bye.